Marcus Santos Silva's numbers may have dropped as a su- super senior, but the big man was spectacular last season for the Red Raiders. We're going to highlight his incredible Texas Tech career coming up on today's Locked On Texas Tech. Our Locked On Texas Tech, your daily podcast on the Texas Tech Red Raiders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to Locked On Texas Tech, a member of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thanks for making Locked On Texas Tech your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. Be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel if you have not already. I'm Ryan Mainville. He's Emery Lida, longtime Texas Tech analyst and podcasters. And today we are breaking down uh, Marcus Santos Silva's final season at Texas Tech, his last year of collegiate eligibility. Um, a guy that I think, you know, you look at the numbers and a lot of his numbers dipped from where they were at a season before. He was obviously a perennial starter for the Red Raiders in 2020, started all 29 games, comes back to the program for his last year of eligibility and starts one of 37, plays about 10 minutes fewer per game. Looks on paper like everything is downhill, but genuinely, Emery, I think he might have been a better player this year than he was last year. Yeah, I mean, if you look at the the volume stats, they don't look particularly great. I mean, he averaged 4.7 points, 0.9 assists, 4.1 rebounds. Like, all of those took, to some degree a fall from last year. He played fewer minutes. He really kind of was a third big in line. And yet you could make an argument that he was significantly better as a player. I mean, you look at the his ability defensively and the evolution that that had from last season to this season. And I mean, that was one of the most important factors in Tech being able to have as much success as they had defensively. And I feel like last year, he was kind of forced into being the five just sort of based off of pure need. Like Tyreek Smith was the only other guy that Tech really had that could play significant minutes as a big. This season, kind of the opposite was the case. You had an oh, absolute embarrassment of riches in the front court. And so for Santos Silva to still play a role, I'm not really focused on the volume stats. Those were always going to take a decline because he had played less minutes. When he was on the court, his role was never really to be a primary option. And yeah, he still was able to have an impactful season. I mean, a lot of advanced metrics had him as one of Tech's best players, whether it be BPM. Obviously, Evan Maya has his own tracking stat, and I believe he was top three in the team in that as well. One of the best defenders in the Big 12 from a defensive rate standpoint. And you look at everything that he provided, and while the counting stats don't look quite as good, and certainly the menace would make it seem like he didn't have as much of an impact, I'd argue that this was – one, if, if not his best season of college basketball, just in terms of his overall impact on the team and just how important he was to this tech roster. Yeah, and I mean, like you talk about the kind of player that he is, and I remember sitting here in the offseason and kind of tinkering around with projected starting fives and just thinking like, there's no way you move this guy to the bench. Like, it's not necessarily in terms of of play level, like I think that there's a very valid argument that you start Kevin O'Banner or Bryson Williams over this guy, but 
it's just really, really rare to have a guy that has started every single game of his college career for the past three years before that and is heading into his super senior year get demoted to the bench essentially but that's what happens and i think that he just played that role um without any sense of grumbling or complaint he just bought into the role off the bench and man again like i just think he had such an incredible season like you mentioned DPPM. You look at his numbers last year, uh, finished 2.9. This year, 4.9. And then defensive rating last year, he was at 92.7 points per possession when he was on the floor this year, down to 85. And, you know, it's impossible to really encapsulate defensive impact into any one uh, analytic. But I feel like those things are representative of the kind of impact that Marcus Santos Silva had when he was on the court. I mean, there were times last year where he looked like a little bit of a liability. You know, he would show flashes of being inconsistent, but still like pretty talented this year. Like he was phenomenal. Nothing short of just a complete uh, capable and even dangerous perimeter defender, no matter who he was guarding out there. Yeah, the switchability is the one thing that really sticks out to me as the biggest sort of improvement that he made from last year. I remember a couple of games last year where he just got abused on the perimeter, whether it be Baylor and Lovett kind of stands out as the game where late in the game, Baylor just consistently put him in a switches, put him in a tough situations. And then as well as at the Arkansas game in the tournament, Arkansas really attacked it, attacked those switches. This year, teams tried to do that. I mean, I can remember a number of times where when Santos Silva was in the game, they kept trying to switch. And every time he just had an answer. I mean, you look at obviously the steal rate went up. That was a big thing. That's kind of the analytics that goes into it. And basically every rate stat he had defensively improved. But beyond that, I mean, just the switchability, the ability to play de- team defense. I feel like he was better at hedging. He was better at kind of avoiding putting himself into trouble on those switches the foul trouble was something that kind of creeped up a little bit, but when you play him in kind of short bursts and lower minutes, it's not as much of an issue. So, I mean, I think he really made a lot of improvements on the defensive end, and especially with the switching, made it to where he wasn't he wasn't getting torched, and you could afford to run the two big lineups because of him. And so, I think that's kind of the biggest thing is in a year when you had you had to run two bigs a lot of the time because of how your roster was built. Having Santos Silva able to switch and communicate and be a really good team defender was really critical. Yeah, and I think that that's something that became really valuable for you because even guys like Kevin O'Banner or Bryson Williams that were providing a lot of offensive value for you, and I think Bryson is a little bit of an exception because he was so good defensively, but to have those two guys just being absolute offensive machines, it really helped to have a guy come off the bench and just play really strong defense for you. I think that that just can't be overstated. Let's talk about the free throws for a second. Um, Shot 48% on free throws on the year. It's not good. It's not good at all. No other way around it. About, I think it was at the TCU game, he began shooting them with his off hand. And I mean, you look at the stretch towards the end of the year and it's still not great, but it's up to like 57% from that TCU game. Uh, Just a complete strange thing to see as a basketball analyst and fan. Uh, But it was really cool for him to kind of understand that 
he was just in a place where that could not continue to happen. I mean, if I can crunch the numbers real quick, um, it, it, he was not shooting free throws well at all. And it just became a liability for this team because it was a liability uh, for everybody. And to have a guy that, you know, was playing limited minutes and was in, involved in getting sent to the line a lot, it really did hurt you. So he was shooting uh, about 44% heading into that TCU game, which is atro- atrocious and still where he finished was not good, but I loved to see him kind of switch it up and just have the mentality that, Hey, this isn't working. Let's try something else. Yeah. I mean, knocking down the free throws against Notre Dame offhand, it was quite possibly one of the most memorable moments from this tech season. And honestly, like when I first heard that he was switching hands on his free throws, I thought it was going to be a disaster. I mean, usually that's something that you only hear, when desperation kicks in it's either oh you got to go underhanded or oh you've got to switch the hands i mean you've heard it with ben simmons you've heard it with other guys that have struggled over the years with free throws and so for santo silva to switch hands and improve his free throw percentage on short notice granted it was low volume it must be said and become becoming a 57 percent free throw shooter is still kind of a marginal improvement but You've got to be happy with that. I think that's one of the biggest things that you can take away from Santo Silva's career attack. It's just his adaptability because he went from being a guy that was really relied on as Tech's only big, only major big last year to being someone that was just a key rotational piece. He went from being kind of a little bit of an offensive weapon at VCU and kind of being a focal point to becoming more of a team defender, being someone that you had to really rely on to just kind of keep things together. And so you add in the free throw shooting and sort of what that encapsulates. And I think it just shows kind of the adaptability that was required for him as a player and just how much he was able to improve his game in all facets of tech. All right. We're going to talk about some of his individual games from last season, but first a quick word from built bar. This is a time of year that I've pretty much given up on all my new year's resolutions, but not this year I'm sticking to my resolution to eat right. Thanks to built bar. It almost feels like it's not a resolution because I actually enjoy eating Built Bar products. They're not just a protein bar, they're a treat, and they're covered in 100% real chocolate. They're low in calorie, high in protein. Replace your candy bars with these, they are better. Go to Built.com and scroll down the macros chart, you'll be blown away. They're high in protein, low in calorie, high in fiber, low in carb. Go to Built.com today to get your hands on some of your own. Now for a big announcement, starting Thursday, April 28th, tune into the Locked On NFL Drafts live coverage of the 2022 NFL Draft with all three days of real-time analysis from our extensive lineup of experts and insiders. And for those of you dying to know more about who your team will take, catch Audacity and Locked On's NFL Mock Draft, special hosted by Brian Peacock and former NFL scout Matt Williamson of the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show, all week leading up to the first pick. Uh, Marcus Santo Silva uh, seems to be dropping some hints that he may be entering his name into the NFL draft or trying to play professional football somewhere. Emery, what do you what do you make of that? I mean, he has the body to do it. We saw Mark Vidal with a similar stature make it work and get on the Chiefs practice squad this past year. I'm not sure if that was the route I expected Santos Silva to go, but at the end of the day, I mean, he's a guy with the body to do it. He's obviously a very tough player. I just mentioned his adaptability, and what more can you do to prove that you're an adaptable player by completely changing sports and excelling in it? So 
it's it's a route that we've seen various college bigs go. I mean, obviously, you're going to hear if you watched the Chargers game a few years ago, you would hear about Antonio Gates being a college basketball player every single game. But certainly, I mean, it, I think it could work out for Santos Silva, and I think it's something that he should, if he's interested in, he should really look into pursuing. He's an athletic freak, man. That would be a lot of fun to watch on the football field. But I think some of the games this past season on the hardwood where his athleticism really showed, um, there's a handful of them. Uh, I'll talk about a couple over the course of this ep. But I think really the game where it just felt like Marcus Santos Silva was everywhere was the Kansas game in Lubbock. He came into that game and made a really, really profound impact. Played 20 minutes, scored seven points, grabbed four boards, had two assists, two steals, two blocks, and then maybe the most notable things on his stat line, one turnover, one foul. I mean, in that game, he was simply amazing, and a lot of, uh, it, it might be already past a lot of people's minds because, you know, we're sitting here on April 17th, and that game was over three months ago, he had a chase down block on Christian Braun where Braun had him beat at the three point line. This is a 250 pound man chasing down one of the most athletic wings in the conference that had a first step on him. I mean, that might've been the play that won the game. I thought that that night will be forever embedded in my memory as just the kind of player that Marcus Santos Silva was. Yeah, the Kansas game in Lubbock was a really good example of Santos Silva's defensive prowess and certainly probably one of his biggest games of the season. Obviously, the box score in that one, I mean, it looks good, but he had better games for the season. I'd argue from a pure impact standpoint, the way that Kansas was trying to attack, take off the switches and obviously putting both Bryson Williams and Marcus Santos Silva into a lot of those situations. For him to come up huge in that game was big. Obviously, you mentioned the block on Braun was a really key moment for the year. Another one, another game that really sticks out to me is the Texas game in Lubbock. I think that was, from a just pure impact standpoint, one of his biggest games of the year. Obviously, ended up with seven points, hit all of his two-point shots, and not, therefore all of his shots. He missed a few free throws. But, I mean, his defensive ability in that game, he had a couple of really nice blocks, ended up with three total. And just what he was able to do throughout the game also ended up with a total of six rebounds, four of them being offensive continuing to allow Tech to have second chance opportunities. I think if you watch that game, his ability to just be an enforcer on the inside and kind of win the physical match, and especially offensively, even though he only scored three times and only got three two-point field goals, all of them came from Tech just kind of force-feeding him the ball. Like he had multiple times in that game where he had hook shots and really kind of like close in where he just flat out abuse the Texas bigs. And I feel like it wasn't necessarily a pure like box score impact, but just that ability to set the tone, be a real physical presence, obviously on the defensive end, getting those blocks. I think it was a huge game, huge game for him. And we've already mentioned a couple of guys where they're one of their biggest games was in that one. I think Santos Silva is another one on the list, even if the stats don't necessarily pop out compared to some of the other games he's had, just so his overall impact in that game was huge. Yeah, those, those three blocks in that Texas game were uh, a season high for him. So obviously making a difference in that department. Uh, he had some pretty crazy games this year. I mean, you look at the stock numbers, they're, they're kind of all over the place. He had a couple of two and two games making a difference with his hands and uh, just his shot blocking ability. I thought another game 
uh, that kind of sticks out in my mind. Uh, well, two actually. I think the the Kansas game in the Big Twelve tournament in the final, he was really really good in as well. And then the Oklahoma State game in Lubbock, I think it's easy to kind of overlook that one because uh, he, I mean, like Texas Tech just smothered him in that game. But ten points, ten boards, three offensive, and seventeen minutes, five of seven from the field. Uh, and then add a block to that with just one turnover. I think that that was um, just a really, really big turnaround for him this year. I mean, you look at the advanced numbers and his turnover rate went up, but it just feels like his decision-making this year was a lot better at times. And I feel like part of that was because Texas Tech wasn't really having to force it inside to him as much and putting him in the position to to play playmaker. I think that they did that with with Bryson Williams a lot more this year, and it was uh, essentially all for the better. Yeah, in general, I think Sancho Silva's offensive role fit him better this year. Like you mentioned, they didn't have him running as more of a playmaker. Certainly, you mentioned the Oklahoma State game. I feel like that one, from a pure rebounding and stat-stuffing perspective, that was probably his best game of the year, at least against high-level competition. But, I mean... For me, it's just sort of how Tech was able to adapt his role offensively. I feel like he was able to have certain games where he would have opportunities to impose himself on the inside. And then he had other games where he was simply just has to do the little things. His tap out rebounds are going to be one of the biggest things that I can remember from him over the course of his time at Tech because he was able to kind of get those controls on the tips and taps and just make it to where guys in the backcourt had better opportunities. And they won't really show up in the stat sheet Certainly, at least not all of them did. But his ability to kind of control the glass in that sense was important. Obviously, the offensive game, like he's always going to be a little bit limited just because of his lack of a shot. And even on the inside, not the best facilitator, not really a great athlete, in the t- in, at least from a vertical sense and being able to power over people. But man, he can move well. And just his ability to be functional. Like, I think that you saw in the Kansas game, that was the four-stock game, the one in the Big 12 tournament. He had... A game, obviously, like you mentioned, against Oklahoma State. And then you also have moments like the Notre Dame game where he was able to knock down two critical free throws. I mean, just in general, like you look across the board and none of these games really stick out too much from a stat standpoint, but a lot of that's just down to minutes. Like you look at his overall minutes over the course of the season, he only really crossed 20 minutes one time where he played more than 20. And that was really early in the season against Incarnate Word. So you have to take his numbers with a little bit of a grain of salt just because of, because of the reduced role offensively and also the lack of minutes. But overall, I think you could make a good argument for him being one of Tech's most consistent players because unlike last year, it's hard to really think of that many games where he was sort of an issue for Tech. Like, I mean, he, consistently he was putting up solid numbers, getting good amounts of rebounds. The defensive numbers kind of were hit and miss, but I think that's just down to the nature of stock numbers when you're big. It's not going to come every single night. So for him to have the kind of impact he did on such low volume of minutes, it's impressive. And I think that's a really good way to cap off his tech career. Let's talk about what could be next for Marcus Santos Silva. But first, a quick word from Bet Online. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, odds, podcasts, and reviews for all the different leagues this season. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. BetOnline, where the game starts. 
Emery, it's kind of crazy to sit here and reflect on the Texas Tech career of Marcus Santos Silva, considering where we were at um, last offseason with him. I think that a lot of people, whenever he initially entered his name into the transfer portal, um, were, were kind of brash towards him and were, were you know, glad to see him go, didn't think he was effective enough around the rim. Thought he was a liability on defense. I know that you and I were were pretty adamant that hey, we we like what we see on the basketball court. But more than that, this is a guy that you really want to have in your locker room. It's pretty crazy to be talking about just the developments that he's made as a player, even over the course of last offseason and how he evolved his game, improved inside. Um, obviously, the free throw shooting not great, but I, I even think that his uh, ability to work on an off-handed shot is incredible. Like if you're listening to this right now and you're like, that's stupid, uh, go to the closest basketball hoop that you can find and, and shoot a free throw with your non-dominant hand. And I guarantee you, it'll take you at least like 50 tries before you even make one. It is a very difficult thing to do. Um, but I just, I love his work ethic, man. He He's a guy that was really easy to root for, for me at least, uh, during his tech career. And I'm really excited to see what he does next because I really do feel like, you know, whatever he pursues, there's a good chance that he'll succeed just because of how hard he works and how determined he is to get his. Yeah, I look at, for one, first off, talking about the free throws, like like you said, I mean, that is not something easy to do, and it took time to develop. I think that's important because – you don't suddenly just become a better shooter with your off hands by just showing up and shooting it that way. So for him to do that, it clearly was something that he had been working on and it made me happy to see him kind of turn that into fruition. And he's never been a particularly great free throw shooter. And I don't think that that was ever a strength of his, even looking at just his pure shooting touch. I don't think it's something that could necessarily be completely salvageable, but for him to kind of continue to show the developments in the game, I mean, like you mentioned, he's easy to root for. I think that's the biggest thing is, like, there have been more talented players to come through Tech, and there have been guys who have put up huge numbers, had massive impacts on winning, but it's hard to find a guy that has kind of the likability that Marcus Santos Silva has, a guy that can go in and work, work his butt off every single day, that has sort of the leadership ability. I mean, everyone in that locker room loves him. Everyone around the program loves him. and. I mean, it showed this year just his ability and determination to get through the season with everything he faced last offseason. And, I mean, like you mentioned, Tech fans were hard on him. I think that's one of the biggest things to take from his previous season is sometimes it was unjust. He was put in situations that, quite honestly, were difficult for him to navigate. Like Like being an offensive centerpiece for that offense was not something that I feel like he was necessarily particularly comfortable with defensively he was put on a lot of islands as a result of Tech's defensive scheme and the fact that objectively you surrounded him with worse defenders than what you had on the roster this year and yet he still put in the work he got better as a player and I think that it's so easy to root for him because of his story because of how how committed he stayed and he's never been someone that's kind of talked down about a situation or made too much of a light of himself he's been one of the most humble guys you're going to find and i mean it makes him just so easy to root for and so easy to kind of be excited for what's coming next on his journey yeah and i'd be remiss if i didn't pause and just uh express gratitude and condolences for the loss of his father last offseason due to covid um 
had a couple of conversations with Big Louie uh, when, when Marcus was at Tech, and it was just clear that he really, really loved his son and that he had um, a, a really, really bullish mentality on, on what his son could do and uh, just the basketball player that he was. And so um, I, I think anybody that knew Big Louie misses him, um, but I'm sure there's few that miss him more than Marcus. And so just feel like we, we should stop there and just remember um, the person that Louie was and remember that these athletes are people first with, with pains and sufferings and um, they go through everyday life just like us. But um, an incredible collegiate career for Marcus Santos Silva. I think you've kind of hit the nail on the head a couple of times here by just saying like he, he was a very different player at VCU. Like you, you go back and you watch that tape and very different system, very different usage. And he embraced it at Texas tech and it really, really felt like he embraced it to the full. And I mean, to do what he did this season, sacrifice a, a ton of minutes and a ton of usage and a ton of counting stats and really um, the last chance to get himself into the NBA draft conversation. Uh, I feel like that says really all you need to know about who Marcus Santos Silva is. It would have been a lot easier for him, for him personally to have transferred to a school that was probably close to as good as tech this year. And I mean, he would have had interest because he's a guy that's proven himself at VCU. He had a good season at tech last year. He would have had the opportunity to go and probably been more of a center voice at a centerpiece at a high major program and possibly gotten himself in the NBA conversations, but he stuck through the process. He came back to Tech to play for Mark Adams. And, I mean, at the end of the day, you just have to respect that so much. And, obviously, I don't think, personally, I would have had any issues with him transferring. I don't think anyone should have, but it's part. Of, but it's obviously something that we're glad that he didn't because it helped out Tech a lot. I think it really showed just the type of person that he is and sort of the commitment to see him adapt to a new role this year and continue to excel as really impressive and going forward i mean i think it's safe to say the nba conversation really isn't something that is realistic for santos silva not because he isn't a hell of a player but just because i don't think his game is going to be particularly translatable just in the sense that a lot of a lot of teams just simply aren't looking for that they're looking for bigs that have the potential to make shots they're looking for guys that are closer to seven feet they're looking for guys that have Kind of a different body archetype than what Santos Silva has, but he can still make money playing basketball or he can go the football route. I think both of those are potential options. He's going to have his professional options. There was someone on Twitter that was talking about him potentially going into coaching a few days ago. And I think that's, it's not ridiculous. There are some people out there that do that, that go straight from playing to coaching. I mean, we see it on just about any high major roster, but a guy like Santos Silva that has this many options that's proven himself to work this hard on his craft and his game, it would not be the right choice for him. And I feel like he's recognized that and I'm glad that he has, and I'm looking forward to seeing which route he goes because I think there are a number of options available to him and he's going to find himself playing somewhere, making good money and having a good life. I'm confident of that. Yeah. He's got some, he's got some bills to make and I'm excited to see him do that for, for him and his family, but thank you to everybody for tuning in to this Marcus Santos Silva season recap, which really ended up feeling more like a career recap for him. Uh, it, it, I mean, have we done really any of these? No, we haven't. 
we haven't had to do any of these so far where um, somebody's been in the program more than a year and we know that for sure they're leaving. So a little bit of a different tone to this one, but obviously both of us are very excited for what Marcus Santos Silva could do next. And we will be monitoring that closely. Uh, whenever he makes a decision, I'm sure it'll be something exciting that happens in whatever route he pursues. I'm sure that we'll have some content up to cover it. So be sure that you are subscribed to our feeds and to our YouTube channels, uh, wherever, whenever that happens. So you don't miss an episode. In the meantime, thanks for making Locked On Texas Tech your first listen every day. Now make your second listen Locked On NFL Draft. Ryan Tracy and former NFL cornerback Eric Crocker bring the NFL draft to life every day with insight and analysis on college football prospects and NFL front offices. It's free and available wherever you get podcasts. Thanks for joining us, and we will see you tomorrow.